Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Hello, I'm Ed Clementi. I'm your host today, and we're fortunate to have the director of the Michigan Department of Agricultural and Rural Development, Gary McDowell. Uh, he's also an old-time friend. Thank you very much, Director McDowell, for being here today. Well, thank you so much. It's great to see you again. It's been a while, but just love to see your smiling face any chance I get. And you gave me permission to call you Gary, so I will, because uh, I, I should mention, I think you and I came in the freshman class in the legislature, and I think we served all six years together. And is, I think that's correct, right? We did all six together. Yes, we did. And uh, we had a lot of sleepless nights on the House floor where we were sequestered, member for almost oh, 10 days, I think, at one point. I remember we had to sleep, like you said, sleep on the floor in the library there, and I remember rolling over one morning and seeing your face, and I thought, why did I run for this job? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do have a big nose, so I could have scared (laughs) you. Why don't you tell people just in general, Gary, what like your title is? Because it's actually been changed a little bit from previous directors, right, with Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development. Why don't you kind of tell people what sort of happens there? Um, it was Department of Ag, and then there's this mine in the UP, the Empire Mine, not the Empire, excuse me, it was the Eagle Mine, that um, we have a surtax on that, and we get so much money per ton to go into rural development. A lot of this in the northern part of the state, so that was added to the title back um, approximately 10 years ago, and I think it's very appropriate, too, because, of course, Ag in Michigan is big, it's a one of our largest industries. We're a powerhouse when it comes to ag in Michigan here. And, but also we're looking more at rural development. That's, that's a much larger focus now of the department is what we can do to make sure that the rural part of Michigan prospers, um, is sustainable. And also that we just, with the governor's new Michigan economy, that we're part of it. We're not gonna be left behind. So that's probably the best way I can explain that, but I like the title. And uh, I can say it now, rolls right off my tongue, and it's just exciting to be part of Michigan Ag and rural development at this time. Yeah, and you're, you know, in your background, obviously we've mentioned the legislature, but um, I should mention, folks, you have a slight accent, but it's only a Uper accent. And for people who don't live in Michigan listening to the podcast, that usually means you're from the UP. You're from up in Rudyard, right? Yes, I am. It's on the eastern end of the UP. It's kind of southwest of Sault Ste. Marie. I'm approximately about 10 miles off Lake Superior, south on the South Shore, of course. But um, I'm in a real snow belt here. <laughs> <laughs> and and I know uh, for people listening that you also, your background primarily is then um, hay farming originally, right? Yeah, I grew up on a farm here in Red Yard. We used to be a Real strong farming community, if not like most parts of rural Michigan, especially in northern Michigan, it's not as big as part of our economy, but it's still important here. And myself and two of my brothers, we kind of took over the family farm and we just kept growing from there. And we went from an 80 acre farm to approximately a thousand acres. Um, Hay is our big, big market up here where it's kind of a heavy soil, 
but we grow some fantastic Timothy hay, which is shipped all over the country. Actually, sometimes it's gone Saudi Arabia, England years ago. And but I'm not no longer directly involved in the farm, stepped aside for this. And actually, my brothers were really excited about that because it keeps me away from the equipment now. <laughs> and and I would imagine, too, that uh, you're, I found it also interesting, which I did know, I think, when I served with you, is that you were also a, a UPS. Uh, I don't know what your title was there, but what did you do for UPS? <laughs> I was a driver, yeah. <laughs> driver for many years. And um, yeah, that's what um, the three of us, my, my brother, Ronnie, he worked out, he was a logger and I worked at UPS and Bobby kind of ran the farm. And then of course, during the summer, I'd take my vacation time and weekends and a lot of evenings out there working on the farm. But it's, um, it's a great way of life. I'm, we're um, Now we're looking at, you know, retirement someday from the farm. And, but it just kind of keeps in your blood. I mean, I don't know when so many farmers, they just keep going. They just, um, it's just part of you. And it's a great life. It's when you get to the end of the day and you look in that barn and you see it full of this really nice hay, smells good, looks good. And just a real sense of accomplishment and just nice being out there working with the family and also um, just type of work that farming is outdoors and, and you're your own boss. Yeah, why don't you, you mentioned a term earlier, and you probably remember the committee I used to run called New Economy and Quality of Life, but what what do you, what is the, you know, ag and rural development, what are you guys doing with the new economy? I know you've probably got some exciting things you want to tell us about. Well, we're really looking forward to the new economy in Michigan. Coming out of the pandemic, we had a lot of lessons learned. People look back, um, Two years ago, you're going to your grocery stores and you're seeing empty shelves. Um, we're looking at what we, how are we going to keep the food supply system going? And now we're looking back and we're seeing um, what we can do. And we're working very hard right now on sustainability, um, making sure our supply chains are strong. And Governor Whitmer has made this a real priority, the real part of the state, to make sure that we're not left behind. And she's She's created an office of rural development. It's going to be housed in MDARD. And this office will be focused solely on rural Michigan. Um, I've lived in rural Michigan all my life in a small community. And, and we've seen, as we moved away from agriculture, uh, what are we going to do? Are we going to make that bridge that gap? And, um, and rural Michigan is much more than just farms. You know, it's small industries, tourism, um, like higher education up here, but we need to do more. And one of the first things we identified was broadband. The need for broadband for everybody coming out of the pandemic. That was just an issue that people were working from home. The children were doing their schoolwork from home. And it just showed how much we need that. And if we're going to grow a new economy in northern Michigan, that's probably the number one issue. People can work from home. We showed that can be done. I know a lot of people, like two of my daughters, who would love to move back to Michigan. And they might have the opportunity now if we have broadband for everybody. You know, and I think most people who are from out of state have no idea how, because I remember the big three when we were in the legislature even were, you know, manufacturing, uh, agriculture and tourism. And obviously two of those things are big or maybe three, actually all three in the UP. But also, why don't you uh, sort of tell the diversity of Michigan? Because I remember we were always 
equivocated to like either California or Florida for diversity of crops too, right? Well, Michigan Ag is a powerhouse. Uh, we're Last year was $104.7 billion. The food and ag sector contributed to Michigan's economy. You mentioned the diversity of Michigan. We have 300 different crops that are raised and sold as commodities in Michigan, making us one of the most diverse states in the country. And 805,000 people in Michigan are employed in food and ag. But the thing is, we have so much more potential here with that type of diversity. And one thing we have that you mentioned California, we have here, we have plenty of water. And looking forward into the future when the, you know, as it, with climate change, as it gets hotter and drier out west, I think you're going to see more people looking to Michigan for their food. And we have a lot of great things going here now, of course, Mom. That's one of the main purposes of the Department of Ag is food safety. It's human, animal, and plant health. But people know if you buy food from Michigan, it's nutritious, it's wholesome, and it's safe. So those are the things we got going for us. And we so we're looking at more processing in the state because Michigan farmers are at a disadvantage being on a peninsula. Uh, so they have local processing and to grow that is part of our sector of our economy, but also to make sure that another pandemic that the food chain system is much more secure. With food grown locally, it helps your economy, but also people know where their food came from, but we won't have those big disruptions that we had previously with the pandemic. Yeah, you know, a uh, couple things with that. One is we had a previous guest on, uh, Dr. Parag Khanna, who talked about in one of his books that he thinks Michigan will be one of the most desirable states in 2050 because of climate change issues. But secondly, I also, I wanted to mention, we held another guest on Request Foods and she, she, uh, Manaka Abel, and she um, really does the manufacturing, you know, of food processing. But why don't you talk a little bit too about beyond just pure raw agriculture, also all the processing of food that goes on in the state too. Yeah, you mentioned Quest Foods. Um, they just made a large expansion in Michigan. But we work closely with MEDC and also um, with our department. We have a ag development department, which looks solely at how we grow food and ag in Michigan, that part of our economy. And that was a great example there. Another one is down in Hillsdale, Michigan. There's Clemens Food Groups, one of the largest hog processing plants in Michigan. And up just north of Lansing, St. John's, you'll see um, Midwest Cheese. It's the second largest cheese plant in the United States and has the capacity to be the number one. And I can't remember the numbers. It's in the millions of gallons of milk they use daily. And one plant supports about 20% of the farmers in Michigan. And we have so much more growth there. Um, dairy is our number one ag commodity in Michigan. On the west side, there's um, Fair, Fairlight, I mean, very popular milk and also um, protein drinks. That's Michigan there. Um, we just have so many examples of a processing in Michigan. And every time we do that as the economic development portion of that is jobs, but it also supports our farmers. And I look at every farmer 
as like a small business, independent small business, the, the resources, the economic activity that they put back into their local communities. And when the farmers are processing, our real communities prosper with them. Um, so we're just um, really focused on developing our ag sector even more. As I was saying, with the diversity we have, the water we have, the great farmers we have, just so much potential. We're the number one, I would say, um, industry in Michigan. Manufacturing is still number one. And most people, when they think of Michigan, they think of cars and manufacturing. But like I said before, ag is big. We're a big ag state. You're listening to the Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. You've mentioned quite a few partners. Is there any other partners you work with either at the federal level or state level? I know there's the Michigan Ag Business Association. I know there's a lot of different groups out there. Yeah, we definitely work with them across the board. MEDC, though, is one of our closest partners. Work very closely together. Our teams have come even more um, closer, I would say, in the last few years, especially since um, your new CEO, Quentin Messner. He has really made a, a sort of effort to get out in the rural part of the state because um, he has kind of a farming background. His grandparents were farmers, and he knows the hard work, but also the potential there. And I've spent more time with Quentin the last few months than I think I have with all the previous directors together. And he's been to the UP, I don't know, several times. And that just shows this guy, he's just go, go, go. And um, I think he's like that. He's, it's almost contagious. I see all that energy and commitment there. I, so contagious, I think some of this even rubbed off on me. <laughs> um, but that's a great partner there working. And right now we're with USDA, especially the rural development part of USDA. There's a new um, director there, Brian Phelan. He used to be on Debbie Stavenow's staff in Michigan for many years. Just a whole new um, philosophy, outlook, um, really committing to Michigan Ag, the real part of the state. It's really putting an emphasis on that to make sure, like I said before, with our new director of our rural development, that we're not going to be left behind. I, there's a lot of people in Northern Michigan know that, feel that, and they're really excited about this office. We have named a new director. Her name is Sarah Lucas. Right now, she's in Marquette working for the Lake Superior Community Alliance. And she was in Traverse City area working for the Traverse Chamber Alliance. So she's she's from northern Michigan. She's been working in this field for 20 years. She knows the needs. She knows the issues. And she knows how to get things done. So that's what, one of the things we're really excited to have this, have Sarah as our partner growing in the rural part of Michigan, working with our, especially our smaller communities. Yeah. One other guest we had as well was the uh, Connected Nation Michigan, which is doing a lot of the broadband build out. And I know how important that is beyond just for communications in general. We got, I go up North quite a bit myself and uh, I know there's a lot of people that don't have really great connections. In fact, I know, um, where you live, I think you have a little bit of a challenge. Right? <laughs> I've had my challenges since we came home to work from home. I, there's lots of days I just have to jump in the car and just work off my phone down. 
I go down by the township hall some days and what's really, we have an old system here. We've been, I'm probably very fortunate to have what I have around our communities here in Eastern UP outside of the municipalities. Um, it's an old system. It was a federal grant. Maybe, I think it was back, it was before we were legislators and that was part of it. And, and to help these little independent phone companies because the big players like AT&T and they said, give us, you know, a little more flexibility and we'll see what we'll do. We'll grow broadband out across the right part of the state. And it hasn't happened yet. But my system is old. It's not reliable. I can be having a meeting like us right, having right now. And all of a sudden I guess something goes across my screen saying your connection is failing. Um, Rock really fast, <laughs> but that's, I've had that happen so many times to me and to really be efficient, to work from home, to, to be able to do your school work from home and everything else we use the broadband for, we have to have a reliable system up here. And also it has to be affordable too. Yeah. You also mentioned something else with, um, and you probably, you sort of half answered my next question, which is like, what sort of trends and disruptors do you see? I know Michigan, when I was at Lick or liquor control commissioner, um, we did a lot with the growth of hops actually in Michigan. And there's got to be some other sort of unique cash crops you think that might be growing. I know aquaculture is growing a little bit with you too. Well, one thing that um, with the farm bill, 2018 hemp, became a crop for the first time in 80 years, I think that is legal. And we're just starting with that, but there's so much potential there. And it's a great crop for the Northern part of the state. So we're working on that. Um, Governor Whitmer has $30 million in her proposed budget for ag development. These are the type of things we'll be looking at. And also the other issue is wastewater. It may be something you don't really think about, but most of our ag, especially our processors are in the rural part of the state. There's no municipal system, or if there is one, it's just too small to handle on these processing facilities. So we're really looking at that as part of that $30 million. Um, and also the $10 million for Office of Rural Development. And, and what's so unique about Michigan is, is that every community is unique, has its own, um, um, what it has to offer, but also its own challenges. So with this, these two funds right there, I just see us really keeping up with the rest of the state. We won't be left behind anymore. If your zip code is like mine, 49780, or my area code is 906, which is the whole UP, we're not going to be left behind. Um, we're going to be part of Michigan's new economy, the prosperity that's coming. Yeah, you know, and the next question's a little different for you <laughs> because I know you are, I think you went to Sault Ste. Marie Lake State, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which isn't too far from your house, probably, right? That's like maybe an hour drive. Yeah. No, an hour drive isn't very far in the UP, but no, it's closer than <laughs> everything's usually three hours away. <laughs> I, I tell people that the most Western part of the UP is about the same level as St. Louis is. Right. It's it's that far west. I can tell you on uh, western part of lakes of UP, like Besmore, Iron Mountain, Ironwood, that area there, it's closer to five capitals than it is to Lansing. Well, you know, we had uh, Marty Fatante on Invest UP on and uh 
he he had some of the by the way the same transmission issues as well when we worked at, and he was in Marquette actually so we were sort of trying to help with that one but I know that there's a lot of great activity going on in the UP but this is more for you I had a quick question but say you were to go back and speak to a high school group or maybe give your own self advice what would you tell yourself differently this time how you would want to do a career well I'm glad you raised that point Ed. Um, Ag is something I want everybody to take a look at. If you're a young person, um, for all the opportunities in ag, it's much more than just farming. We have, um, there's veterinarians, there's scientists, technology, but farming has become very, very high tech. And that's another reason for broadband in rural part of the state, of course. But now precision agriculture, you, you don't go out there and just spray the whole field or water the whole field. You can tell exactly where you need that. And also, of course, it helps with our environment. And that's another big part of Ag Now in Michigan, too, at the department. We are really looking at sustainability in everything we do. Um, how do we um, you know, mitigate climate change? How do we, um, it's not just with us, so. It's not just slowing down the rate of climate change. Ag can actually be an industry, powerful industry, which we all need, of course, to actually uh, reduce climate change, to reverse climate change. But the, the practices that we're discovering all the time, um, we have $25 million we're just allocated for this year to do research in the Western Lake Erie Basin to make sure that we can improve the water quality there. But there's so much more research that we need to do all across ag. And it seems like right now we're in that stage where when we learn something, we kind of find out, man, there's that much more that we don't know yet. We got to keep really up with this research. And I, I just see um, so much potential for Michigan ag, and especially with talk about climate change here, um, our farmers, we're kind of, we're on the front line when it comes to climate change. It's funny because we had another guest on who was actually born in the UP. His name's Eric Roberts, and he's running a tech startup place up in Traverse City. He was born, I think, in Iron Mountain. But anyway, he said, you know, every industry nowadays um, has tech involved with it. So a tech startup really doesn't mean a tech company. It means every company. I imagine a lot of farmers I know are using uh, GIS and GPS as well as drones and everything else to help, you know, with crops and also mitigate, as you said, pollution issues or sustainability issues too, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, in this day and age, you can't even work on your own tractor hardly anymore if you buy a new one. It's so computerized, just like buying a new car. And so there's, that's just another um, opportunity for young people. I know that right now, most of young people going into ag, like just like in our department, most of our employees grew up on farms, they have an ag background, but they necessarily wanted to actually farm. So they're still contributing to Michigan agriculture, something they love, they want to be part of. And just like, there's just so many opportunities in ag. So I stress upon everybody taking a look at ag. We do have a, crew, a career development person now in our department just to, to get out and show young people going through school right now with the opportunities um, in egg and to really take a look at it. Yeah. You know, and a side note on that from a lot of our interviews with people like on talent and workforce, we also know that generation Z and millennials kind of want to live where they want to live. And Michigan has tens of tons of opportunities to live in some really unique 
small communities where you can really make a difference as well as mid-sized communities. And I think a lot of that ties into your rural development part, right? Yeah, absolutely. We're, um, that's one of the problems with, we talk about the Upper Peninsula. Every census since, two, since 1920, we have lost population. So it's how do you grow an economy when your population is aging, um, young people are, have to leave. And we've, and the studies have shown that in the real part of the state, our education levels are lower than the average. Um, wages, incomes are lower. And, and with that, opportunities are less for our young people. And that's what we're really focusing on is to make sure they have the opportunity to stay. And people who want to come and live in Northern Michigan, we want you. You're welcome. And but we have to have the oppor- uh, economic opportunities for them. My last question for you, Gary, is, uh, and you don't have to give this answer. I give everyone the option, but do you have a favorite event or a place you like to go to in Michigan, sort of like a mini pure Michigan plug? Um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was out to Marquette for the UP 200. That just comes to mind right away. I was with Quentin Master, the CEO, um, that weekend. But that's just a great event, exciting time. Um, but UP is like everywhere in the state um, through the summer. Every community has a festival. All right. just, and you were mentioned the boat show down in Hessel, Michigan. Or, oh, yeah. That's, that's, just, that's just one of them that's it's actually turned into a big event. Um, just like cheeseburgers in Caseville. I think you were with me up there and um, walked in the parades for Terry Brown. But what a festival. I mean, it's just, that's it, all across the whole state. So I just, it's hard to pick out which one's the favorite. But um, it's just a great state. And that's another part of ag. I just keep all, is ag tourism. That's one of the things in the department too that we're doing, support ag tourism. It's a big economic driver, but it helps our farmers um, with their products. And it's just fun in the fall to go out with your family and maybe go to an apple orchard, a cider mill, um, go cut your own Christmas tree. Um, Those are all activities that are involved with ag, but they're outdoor, they're fun, it's good good family activities. And I think that's one of the things that we can really look at rural Michigan. It's just a great place to raise a family. Well, one thing I will add, the 200 race you were talking about, so people from either downstate or out of state, they don't realize it's a dog sled race, right? Yeah, it's a dog sled race. I should have mentioned that. I never even thought about it. It's just like I'm, I'm, it's later and we were in March and I'm in May. I could still have snow where I live. That's (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Anyway, I want to thank once again Gary McDowell, who actually is my friend from many years ago, but still a really good uh, person that we've worked with on many different things. But once again, Gary, again, is the director of the Michigan Department of Agriculture and Rural Development. Thanks again for doing the podcast today, Gary. Well, sure. Great seeing you, Ed. And I look forward to catching up with you again in person. Join us for our next guest, Denise Graves, University Relations Director in Entrepreneurship and Innovation, as she walks us through the unique field of university tech transfer. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.